0: Vegan Manly Man Podcast. What is going on, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. My name is Jake Sanger, and I'm your host. And this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. Today, I'm going to be answering your questions for the Q&A episode. If you guys have been following me on social media, I posted um, on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter. All the platforms basically asking you guys to submit your questions uh, that I would be answering on the show. I know that the algorithms on social media have been not the greatest the past year and so the reach unfortunately is not what it used to be. So apologies for anyone who maybe didn't see this and wanted to submit a question. Uh, I am actually currently live streaming on Instagram right now as well. So I will be answering or trying to answer some questions from there as well. Um, But yeah, so no worries. I will be doing another one of these definitely in the future. So if you missed your opportunity to submit a question, uh, there will be another chance to do that. So I'm pretty much going to get right into it. Um, As always, guys, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who has sent me a message uh, on social media, just, um, you know, thanking me for what I do with the podcast, uh, giving me some positive feedback, leaving me reviews on iTunes. Um, It really helps so much, not only to help the show grow further, but it helps me uh, to be more inspired and to continue to want to do this and use this platform to educate people on the vegan lifestyle and uh, hopefully help them, you know, towards a more peaceful, compassionate and healthier life. So I just want to always you know, like I do on every show, just say thank you guys for that. Please continue to do that. It really, really uh, makes my day when I see that kind of stuff. So, all right, let's get into it, guys. Q&A episode, I'm going to start with some of the questions that I received on Instagram. Um, So the first one is going to come, and guys, I apologize if I don't say your, uh, (laughs) if your tag name correctly, or if I don't say your name correctly from the people on Facebook, I apologize. I'm going to try my best. Um, So yeah, just a disclaimer there. Uh, So, first one from Instagram is going to come from uh, Del Ray Pone. And the question is if the whole world went vegan, how would we control the farm animal population? Uh, This is a question I actually get pretty frequently. And the one thing that I always preface with is that, you know, we systematically breed these creatures into existence. So, if we weren't breeding mass amounts of animals into the world for our own consumption, You know, they wouldn't naturally be here in the numbers that we have Um, in the United States alone. I know we kill over 60 billion animals a year. Um, That's a pretty high number. I, for a fact, know that naturally there would not be that many cows, chickens and pigs, you know, the most common animals we eat uh, in this country if we didn't actually breed them into existence. So if the whole world were to go vegan, um, which would be amazing, you know, it's not going to be a shift overnight. It's going to be a gradual phase out of, of these farming industries. So, you know, over time when the demand for products decreases, obviously, you know, the supply is going to decrease as well because, you know, it's just basic economics. Um, so they're going to, you know, basically stop breeding as many animals into existence. And they're slowly just going to phase out. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say like these animals are going to go extinct. A lot of people think that, um, you know, most of these animals are not native to this country. Um, so, you know, I know some would, would go to sanctuaries and, and maybe some farmers would just let their animals live out their lives and maybe reproduce naturally, but the numbers would significantly decrease. So the idea that there's going to be this like huge mass amount of just like farm animals everywhere. If the whole world went vegan, it's just not a practical um, way of looking at things because that's not how it's going to happen. It's going to slowly phase out over time. Uh, Next question is going to be from Natta booty Uh, interesting. All right. What are your biggest dreams and how do you hope to fulfill them? Wow. Um, You know, the the biggest thing I want to do in life is to make an impact while I'm here on earth uh, and to just leave the world a better place, you know, and I want to do that on as big of a scale as possible. So you know, whatever it takes for me to get in a position of sharing my message to as many people as possible, you know, that is the goal. That is my dream um, to really just create a shift in the world of, you know, a a positive shift. Um, You know, obviously I'm very passionate about veganism. I believe that, that vegan is a doorway to world peace And that is what I ultimately want to see, you know, is world peace, um, making the world a better place. Uh, Some people would call me naive, you know, but if I'm not trying to do something, who is? I know a lot of people are, but that's the mentality that you have to have. A lot of people think like, you know, oh, we're screwed. We're doomed. Um, You know, but that's not true. We can't think like that because if we think like that, then we let their presser win. So, you know, on the biggest scale possible... I want to make a difference. And how do I hope to fulfill that? Uh, I want to educate people on the vegan lifestyle because I do believe it is a doorway to world peace. I believe that it is such an easy thing that we can do that can expand our, our consciousness, our, our compassion, not only towards animals but towards other humans as well. Um, yes, there are angry vegans out there who don't like humans. You um, know, I'm not advocating for that, that style of activism. I'm advocating for a different one. And that's what I want to, you know, be the example of in this movement, just in general. Um, but overall that is the goal. That is my, that is my biggest dream is to impact as many people as I possibly can while I'm here on earth to make a positive difference, um, to be able to, you know, treat each other more kindly with more compassion. Um, you know, not leave anyone behind. Um, yeah, just make the world a better place. I know that's so vague, but it's true. Um, yeah. All right. We're going to go into the next one. This one is coming from Vegan Sunflower Girl. Favorite place you've ever traveled and future dream travel destination? Oh man, this is hard. Um, people ask me this and I feel like my answer changes because I've been very blessed to have gone to uh, over 13 different countries and I've seen 45 states in the United States. Um, my favorite place that I've been to, oh man. Costa Rica was pretty amazing. Um, I definitely had one of the best days of my life while I was there. That was on my 26th birthday. I was just like surfing in the Pacific Ocean as the sun was setting and just seeing like the tropical tree canopy and just like reflecting on life and just like feeling so alive. Uh, I'll never forget that day. I took a picture of that sunset. I have it hanging up uh, on my wall in my room. So that may be my favorite place. Ireland is also an amazing country. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a toss-up between those two. But each place that I've traveled to is such a unique experience, and I took something different away from it. So it's really hard to pick you know, what's my favorite because they're all so unique uh, in the experience. Uh, future dream travel destination? Probably Japan. I would love to spend some extensive time there. Um, I just love the Asian culture. Um I I like the Japanese culture. I feel like it's a beautiful country. Um, So, yeah, definitely future dream travel destination. I would love to see the um, cherry blossoms in spring. That would be awesome. All right, next question. This is coming from JNB5672. Do you believe in zodiac signs and horoscopes? We actually covered this topic a little bit in my podcast episode with uh, conscious Chris and Sweet Simple Vegan, uh, the episode about vegan dating and love, um, and I have to say that I I really don't believe in them. I mean, to a certain extent, I guess I've heard some things that sound pretty true. Um, you know i I've had people who are really into it like read my zodiac sign and just like tell me some stuff about myself that is pretty spot on. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that. It's that like cut and dry as far as who we are as humans. I think it's so much more complex. Um, So I don't necessarily believe like, you know, you see so many memes online now that are just like uh, Virgo this or Aries this or Pisces does this. Like, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that we're way more complex than that. So I guess I take some things with a grain of salt. Um, But overall, I would say I'm not a big believer in Zodiac signs. All right, next one. This is coming from Madison Balkovic, my wonderful girlfriend, thank you. What are your thoughts on deer hunting for population control? Um, this is one that I have thought about and I'm not 100% an expert on what would happen uh, if hunting were to cease, I'll be honest with that. Uh, here's kind of my theory, is that, you know humans themselves are overpopulated on this earth um you know and obviously we're not going to do anything to really do population control for humans uh if we were to implement something like that i think a lot of people would consider that inhumane so when it revolves around hunting you know i i kind of like i kind of view it as you know let nature take its course um you know I, I know a lot of the concern is like well like deer crossing the road and and accidents and stuff like that and you know I'm I'm really not sure I'm really not sure 100% on this issue I feel like there is a natural solution for it um, you know at the end of the day I, I view hunting as a lesser evil than factory farming but it's still taking the life of an animal and um, that is not necessary. Um, you know, so maybe there are some solutions some solutions we could have as far as, you know, creating natural crossings um, you know, over highways and stuff for animals so that accidents aren't as big of a thing if that's the issue with with population control. Other than that, you know, what is the what is the big concern with with there being a large population of deer? Uh, besides there being you know this risk for crashing into them with your cars. You know, does it affect? Does it affect crops in some way, or you know, does it affect the way that, that certain things are being grown? Um, I'll be honest. I need to do. I need to do more research into it. That is one topic that I'm not one hundred percent sure of. But I kind of just again make the correlation between. Well, humans need population control, but we're not going to do that because that's via as inhumane. So why do we feel like we have the power to um, control the population of? another species. That's not our, that's not our role. Um, at least in my belief, that is not our role to be the controller of another population of species, because I also believe that it is not our natural diet. So some animals are going to control the population of certain species because that's their diet. Uh, I don't believe that our diet is supposed to be, you know, deer meat. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on it. Um, something I, w- I definitely need to do a little bit more research on. All right, next question is from HLK03. Uh, if you had kids you raised to be vegan and they wanted meat, would you provide/slash cook for them? Um, so I'm I'm still undecided on kids at this point in my life. Um, but if I were to have them at some point, you know, I would raise them vegan. Um, if they wanted to eat meat. You know, that's fine. I can't force them to do anything, obviously, but I would not provide those meals in my home um, just like people, you know, feed their kids meat um, without asking them, you know, what they want. Um, So, you know, I would provide the meals, I would provide vegan meals in in my home and then whatever they were to do outside, uh, outside of the house, you know, with friends or whatever, you know, that's, um, I wouldn't be able to control that. Um, of course, I would support them and love them no, no matter what um, I would try to educate them the best that I can about, you know, why I live a vegan lifestyle, why I would choose to have vegan meals in the home for them. Um, and, and that's it. That's all I could really do is, is educate them. And you can't can't force anybody to do anything. Um, but I would not I would not go out and buy animal products for them in the house Um, Just because they're not necessary for um, a healthy life. And so beyond that, you know, it would be, that would be my choice. uh, Raising my children and I know that they would be able to still remain healthy by me just giving them vegan products and then having them do whatever they want um, outside of the house. So that's pretty much it on that. Um, Again, love and support them no matter what. Um, You know, hopefully... And this is what I've kind of seen is that hopefully people who are raised in an environment like that and provided with the education about why those choices are made, they generally come to those conclusions as well on their own and continue that lifestyle into adulthood. Um, another question from HLK03, what is your favorite kind of beer? Um, I really like dark beers, Porter's, Stouts. Um, I don't drink too often. But when I do, and if I have the choice um, for a beer, I'm definitely going for one of the darker ones. I actually work at a brewery right now, um, so I pour beer all day. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I like all of our dark beers. So, All right, we're going to switch on to the questions from Facebook. Uh, this first one is coming from Allison. What is your weekly, monthly grocery list? How much do you spend? Um, this really changes. Honestly, it depends on the season. It depends on my mood. It depends on what I'm really into at that moment. Um, so right now it's pretty simple to be honest. Um, so I'm just, I'm getting my basics. Um, I do a, a smoothie almost every day. So uh, for that, the staples are going to be bananas, baby spinach, dates, um, and then like frozen fruit. And then I'll normally throw like some protein powder in that. So when I'm going to the grocery store, I always make sure I'm getting my bananas, my dates, my baby spinach, and my frozen fruit. Then I will normally get like a whole grain. Uh, So I've really been into rice like the last several months. So I'll get rice, I'll do some kind of bean, I'll maybe get like some refried beans in a can um, for some lunches with like some taco shells and like some peppers. Uh, Just saute that up and some avocados and just make like some quick tacos that I can have for lunch. Um, Then I'll always do like normally I try to do like lentils for dinner. Um, So I'll get like a bag of lentils and then I'll do like some either frozen or fresh veggies depending on what I'm feeling that week. Um, Green beans, asparagus, you know, yellow squash, something like that. Um, And then I normally do some kind of sauce to put on because normally my meal preps are like the whole grain the bean, the lentil and then a vegetable and then a sauce. So I'll do some kind of sauce, whatever it is, um, like an Asian style sauce, like teriyaki or general so's or something like that. Um, and then I'll maybe get like some hummus, um, maybe like some pumpkin seeds to snack on something like that. Then maybe some fruit to snack on through the, through the week. Every now and again, I'll get like some replacement products, whether it's like chicken patties, chicken nuggets, um, Uh, vegan obviously um try to keep that to a minimal as possible Aldi's has some really great options for that they're really really um cheap so I've definitely been going there um so yeah pretty much like whatever produce I want for the week um and depends on what meal I'm making for the week I made lasagna uh last week two weeks ago and with like a sunflower seed pesto. So I made sure I got like lasagna noodles and sauce and uh, sunflower seeds. And uh, what else? And just like some veggies for that some squash and some mushrooms and whatnot. So fresh produce, uh, whole grain, frozen fruit for my smoothies, um, you know, some kind of protein source for lunch and dinner. So lentils, like I said, refried beans, tacos. Um, that's kind of like the gist of it. And again, that changes depending on the season. How much do I spend? I'm shopping at Aldi's right now and I'm normally spending about $45 a week. Um, and sometimes that'll, that actually lasts longer. Uh, that 45 can last sometimes like a week and a half. So pretty cheap. All right. Next one. This is coming from Kyle Ray stone. How can one person's decision to transition to a vegan lifestyle impact the planet and to what effect? You know, in the grand scheme of things, is one person making the biggest difference possible? Well, it depends. Um, What are they doing with the information that they have? If they are simply living the vegan lifestyle, they are going to, you know, play a small role in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, together with other people playing small roles, you're making a big difference. Now, if that person is somebody who is an advocate or an activist and they're actively speaking their voice um, or doing something productive to add to the movement to help educate others as well, well then that effect is, you know, measurable by how far that they go. So somebody who is on a grand scale, let's say Miley Cyrus is a vegan celebrity. So her audience is several million people. Um, So her decision to transition to a vegan lifestyle impacts the planet to a very large effect because then she is showing that to her followers, which a lot will take into consideration how she is living and live that way as well. Um, So when it comes down to the very basic bottom line, you know, one person, um, I think I would have to reference back. There is a, uh, there's a picture online that shows the exact impact that a vegan has over the course of a year. I think it's like seven animals saved. um, So many gallons of water saved. So many CO2 emissions reduced. So it's still a it's still pretty big and still a pretty decent impact um, and again the power is in numbers together is where we really make the difference that has gone for any social justice movement you know back from the abolitionists who were fighting to end slavery you know if one person was sitting there saying something you know they're not having an effect at first but you know eventually as the movement grows that's when you have the effect it's it's the power in numbers. Um, but one person can make a huge difference if you live this lifestyle and you decide to educate others as well about all the benefits. Then you can certainly make a really large impact and greater than what you would be doing if you were simply just living the lifestyle. Okay, next question. And this is one of the names that I hope I pronounced correctly. So um, sorry in advance. This is coming from Whitney Scheibohut. Have you ever lost a relationship in your life, whether it be a loved one or a friendship, because of you becoming vegan? For instance, someone that's just anti-vegan due to being ignorant to veganism or just does not want to listen or even because they just don't want to understand why you have made such an odd decision. I can't say that I've lost any important relationships uh, in my life. Um, you know, maybe there are certain friends that I kind of was not as close with, but even then, so, um, one of the biggest mistakes I made when I first transitioned into this lifestyle was it was being very aggressive and it was pushing a lot of people away. So I was a very much an angry vegan and, I was really shaming people for, you know, not wanting to listen to what I had to say and for not, you know, going vegan like with me. And like, cause I thought that once I learned this information, I was like, oh, this is just a matter of people don't know this information. I just need to tell them. And then once I do that, they'll go vegan too, which is not the case. Um, I almost lost a lot of my friendships when I was doing it that way. Uh, once I switched my methods and I started kind of living more from a place of example, Um, and being a lot more kinder and, you know, expanding my, uh, expanding my compassion from not just animals, but to humans as well, including my friends, you know, I kept all my friendships. Uh, we may not seem, see eye to eye. And I have a lot of friends who I don't think 100% understand why I'm doing this or they might not care, but you know, I've still been able to remain friends with them because, you know, I do believe in the power of planting seeds and you never know, uh, you know, when somebody is going to be receptive to the way you've been living your life or all of a sudden want to make a change. So by you keeping those friendships intact or by not like giving in, even if they're making fun of you, just, you know, remain, remain strong. Um, you know, obviously don't let them step over you, um, but, you know, be in a place where you can still be civil with them. And, you know, unfortunately there, there may be situations where you're going to lose friends and, um, and that's okay. So long as you've put your best foot forward and, you know, haven't, haven't done anything, uh, personally wrong to them, you know, like so long as you have just been genuinely yourself, um, and come from a kind place, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Some people are just going to disagree and you just have to keep on living your life and understand that. Uh, the people that you want in your life will naturally surround themselves um, around you, naturally surround themselves around you. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was trying to say there. The people that you w- the people that you want to have in your life will naturally come is what I'm trying to say. Um, just by you living the life to the most authentic, genuine level that you can, naturally, you will create more friendships and you might lose some. Um, So that's just that's just part of the deal. That's just part of the deal. When you have uh, strong opinions or you're trying to fight actively against something or for something, it's going to happen. People aren't going to like what you're doing. And some people will just never understand. And you may have to let that relationship go. And unfortunately, that's what it is. And that's why sometimes it is hard to be an activist or an advocate, um, you know, and be so outspoken in a movement, because those things will happen. And it is a sacrifice that you must make. But you know, luckily, I really haven't come across that. So I'm very grateful for that. Next question. This is coming from Daniel George. When is your mixtape Bobby's World dropping? Um, that's uh, that's Under Wraps. I can't talk about that. My rapper name is Bobby J. Um, haven't dropped anything for a few years. That's, uh, that's between me and DJ Khaled. So you got to talk to him. Next question. Um... Joe Kirkinier, I believe I said that right. Thanks for uh thanks for writing in, Joe. How do you manage professional relationships and your veganism? Um it's not really hard. Uh when I'm in a professional setting, I you know, I I generally don't make that a topic of discussion unless somebody asks me. So, you know, I remain in a professional place and uh if somebody's curious, I'll obviously talk about it. Um and yeah, I've never had it been an issue. Um, you know, I generally going into a new like uh, new work environment kind of professional setting. I don't tell people right off the bat, but it does just kind of come out, um, you know, obviously when people are getting food or they want me to try something, you know, I I casually decline at first um, then eventually people kind of catch on. Um, so I just don't make it, you know, like a big thing. I just let people get to know me. Um, and then when it comes up, it does. And, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's never really been an issue. I can be professional when I need to be, um, and still, you know, do activism and advocacy on the side in my personal life. And if people want to ask me about it, sure. I'll definitely talk about it in a professional setting. Um, but obviously with the respect of knowing where I'm at and who my audience is. All right. Next one is going to be. From Tim Barth, has going vegan noticeably helped you on either mental or spiritual levels? Yes, 100%. One of the biggest things that I noticed when I first made the shift into this lifestyle um, was that I immediately felt more connected to animals, the earth, nature, nature, Um, and it was when I opened my mind up to the ethical side, um, not necessarily when I uh, first got into it, it was just for health. And then eventually, uh, I watched the documentary earthlings. And right after that, um, when my mind was just open to just the whole ethical realm of how we treat and exploit animals, I immediately felt this connection that I had never experienced before. Spiritually speaking, yeah, I feel like um, you know I've found more purpose in my life, something that is greater than myself to contribute towards. Um, you know, mentally, I have become a stronger person just because I am going against the grain uh, in this society, and to be able to remain positive and to make an impact, I have to be in this very mentally strong place um, because I have been down to the bottom of the barrel and. I have suffered from depression um, while being vegan, not necessarily not necessarily due to me being vegan, but just saying in general. Um, But just having kind of, you know, this um, a little bit of pressure, the societal pressure or stereotype on me for living this lifestyle has made me a mentally strong person because I have to stand my ground um, and I have to not only do that, but I have to be sound in my discussions and I have to not you know, react, um, in a negative way. And, and I have to not, you know, I have to have a tough skin. I have to talk uh, yeah, pretty much. I have to have a tough skin, you know? So, you know, mentally I've become a lot stronger just, just knowing that, Hey, I'm, I'm fighting for something that is going against the way that most of the world thinks, you know, I am an outlier. Um, And that has made me a very strong person. And I love it because that has transitioned over into other aspects of my life, Uh, just standing my ground no matter what it is. If I want to do something, uh, you know, I don't have to rely on the approval of others to do it. So that is definitely one aspect that has been amazing. And spiritually, yeah, I feel like I just become a kinder person, again, more compassionate, uh, just more in touch with like, Seeing things more objectively, even if I don't agree with them. Um, So being vegan, you know, at first I was so mad at other people who weren't living this lifestyle. And like as time went on, just opening my mind up to objective perspectives, because that's what you have to do when you open yourself up to this lifestyle, is to think in a way that you haven't thought of before or that goes against the way you've lived your whole life. You know, now I'm able to understand why certain people may not buy into this lifestyle or why certain people may be, you know, weary. So spiritually, um, I I don't know if that necessarily ties into like spiritual, but I kind of feel like it does. Um, just in, in my sense of connectedness with, with the world and with life in general and like the energy of, you know, humans, um, and animals. So yeah, definitely. All right. We're going to go on to the next one here. This is from bell Christina. Uh, She writes, I'm super picky about my foods. I can't do things that taste too green or anything with a displeasing texture, such as mushrooms or things similar to onion texture. How can I incorporate more tasty proteins without just eating a bunch of soy? Also, what do you use to season those types of foods? Do you try to season them to make them taste like meat or do you season them well for what they are and just deal with the taste being different? It's a great question. Um, I used to be pretty picky too. I will say that my taste buds have changed since I started living a vegan lifestyle. I opened myself up to, you know, trying more things, and maybe not necessarily liking them at first, but then coming around full circle. So mushrooms is one of the things I used to hate, and now I love mushrooms. Um, so you know, the change is possible, but just opening your your palate up to There's like over 10,000 edible plants. Um, That's a number I hear being thrown around, which is probably true. So there's so much variety out there that you can really try. Um, You know, the biggest thing I can just recommend is just going out there and just trying some different things, but also trying recipes and try recipes where they take um, a food and they make it in a different way. Um, For instance, you might not like you know, uh, the texture of mushroom, or you might not like something that tastes too green, but if you were to prepare it in a certain way that like replicates another taste or texture, then you may like it. Um, so for instance, like in my smoothies, I put baby spinach in it while it does turn the color green. If I put enough fruits in it, uh, and enough other sweet things, and even, even that, I don't have to put that much in, but it really masks the flavor of the spinach, which is already mild. So right there, I get my greens in without like having to eat a salad, um, you know, and, and chomp all day on on like leaves. So something like that. Um, but as far as protein goes, you know, there are there are definitely several options. I don't think that soy is bad. Um, that's a misconception. I think people think that. Eating too much soy can have a negative impact on your health. I mean, obviously, if you're overdoing anything that's not good, um, but you don't need to overdo soy to get an adequate amount of protein. Um, but if you're really hell-bent on not eating soy, there are some other alternatives. Um, you can supplement with you know, a plant-based protein powder if you want to, made of pea, pea protein, um, rice, hemp. Um, any of that kind of stuff, you can incorporate more, uh, seeds, flax seed, chia seeds. Um, those are really high in protein as well. Um, hemp seeds, uh, do some whole grains, some whole wheat pasta, some brown rice, some quinoa, some kamut, amaranth. I mean, there's so many grains out there that you can do, uh, that are high in protein, You can add in some soy if you want to. You can do some mock meats that are made from uh, different things. For instance, you can do seitan, which is made of wheat gluten. Um, There are products out there like uh, a a brand called corn. They use mushrooms, um, but it does not taste like a mushroom. It has a meat like texture. They have like chicken patties and stuff like that. Beyond Meat is soy free. They are a Uh, pea protein based product they have the beyond burger they're coming out with a beyond ground beef they have uh, beyond sausages so there's lots of stuff out there that you can really replace Um, trying to think what other protein sources Um, just I mean just veggies themselves have protein in them. Um, so you could just you know try to expand what other veggies that you like and just add more of those in Um, so there's there's some different ways you can go about it but I would say go out and start to try Different foods, and then try to prepare them in different ways. There's tons of recipes online—tons, thousands, hundreds of thousands of recipes online that take plants and they transform them into different textures and different flavors. And as far as seasoning them goes, um, season them to taste like meat. I mean, meat itself doesn't really have a strong flavor. You know, you get the the taste from the plant seasonings that you put on it. So. Whatever seasoning that you would normally season on a steak, you could put on vegetables and have it taste similar. Or you can make like a seitan and you could like, you know, grill it and, you know, have those grill marks on there and kind of have that that like smoky burnt flavor that you would like some grilled chicken, um, you know. So the taste of meat itself, I mean, have you ever had just like plain chicken breast or, I don't know, like plain meat? It's not really doesn't really taste like too amazing. I mean, I guess some of the fattier meats maybe, but um, yeah, just, you know, you could season them like that or you could, as you said, season them for what they are. I mean, that could literally be anything. It's it's really what you like. Uh, If you like Mexican food, you know, season broccoli with like some chili powder and cumin and, you know, garlic powder and stuff like that. You know, there's so many different ways that you can go about it. That is the great thing about eating plant-based is... There's such a variety, and there's such a endless amount of ways to be creative in the kitchen. Next question is going to be from Derek John Farrell. What's the biggest mental change you had to make becoming vegan? Um, I think I kind of already talked about it in the previous question, um, just going against the grain, um, living my life in a world that mostly disagrees with what I'm doing. Um, so having to become tough in that realm and understand that a lot of people may not agree with me and having to accept that and continue to just go on my mission, um, and continue on with my purpose. Um, you know, I had to, I definitely had to accept that, that mental toughness of knowing that I'm viewed now as an outsider. Um, you know, at first that was hard because I'm somebody who went along with, with the group and the trends up until that point in my life when i made the switch and so i always wanted to be considered part of the group um you know but what i found is being authentic to myself it made me so many new friends and even still kept my old ones so it, it didn't really have that much of an impact like i thought it would i mean i, I guess with strangers in the way society views me sure but you know at first it was kind of challenging you know i felt like alone or um, so different, but now like, I love it. I love the fact that I'm different because it really almost for me solidifies that I'm doing something that is needed because, you know, it is the, it is the outliers. It is the people who people think are crazy at first who are making, um, a great difference in the world. And, you know, eventually the rest of the world will catch up. But for now, the biggest mental change I had to make was, you know, getting that tough skin of understanding that people are not going to understand me and me having to continue on anyway. Next question, Bethany Johnson, do you ever have times of despair and sadness for the animals and the loss of hope when others mock the vegan lifestyle? And if so, how do you deal with those times? Um, You know, not as much as I used to. Um, Again, that comes with like the mental toughness that I described, but there are certain times where I can let myself kind of go down that, that rabbit hole. I'm a very empathetic person. So if I really think about the state of things, you know, like the, just the mass number of animals that we're torturing and slaughtering every second of every single day. Yeah, it can be sad. Um, you know, I've come to the conclusion that if I stay in that place, I'm doing a disservice to the animals because then I can't be my mentally best and sharp self to be able to help them. Um, you know, so when others mock the lifestyle, I try to see it objectively and understand why they're doing so, and realize that I was once that person as well. Uh, so I really try not to judge, and and I understand that like you know, like my energy is not going to be put to good use in that situation. My energy is going to be better used to help somebody who is curious. Um, so I, it's, it's, it's a reshift. It is a, is a reshift of energy. You know, when I feel that immense sadness, um, and loss of hope, I understand that I still, you know, like, like the choice is to lose hope and do nothing or try like, you know, so I'm, I'm always going to try because If not, I'll get to my deathbed and say, I could have done more. So I have to understand that, like, while I'm in that position, I say, okay, like, what are my options being here? I can either stay sad and lose hope and live a miserable existence, um, or, you know, I can get my ass up and I can do whatever it takes to be the most effective advocate and activist for this movement as possible. Um, So that's what I do. I reshift my energy and my focus and understand, like, okay, this sucks. What am I going to do to, you know, help it end? What am I what am I going to do to end this suffering? And then I go from there. That's how you got to view life. Um, you know, focus on the solution, not the problem. All right, next question. This is coming from Destiny Swinney. Destiny is one of the co-founders of Boulder Sun, uh, the makers of Sun Milk Sunflower Seed Milk. Great product. Definitely check them out. Uh, bouldersun.com. Um, yeah. Awesome people doing awesome things, and hopefully you'll be seeing them in the widespread plant-based milk market soon. I'm really excited for these guys, and I think they have a bright future. So anyway, question. What would you tell to other vegans who are against a vegan company being bought out or acquired by a non-vegan company? Uh, This is an amazing question. Love this so much because I've made videos on this, and I'm like so passionate about uh, answering this when people have this question. Um, so yeah, here's my theory. You know, my goal is to have vegan be on a worldwide scale. I want to have a vegan world. Um, I want to have a giant doorway for world peace. So what happens when these big companies buy out a vegan company, people think they're being betrayed, but what is going to happen is these products now are going to have a place in the market on a, greater scale of distribution. What is that going to do? It is going to make vegan products not only cheaper, it is going to make them more convenient and widely available. And what is that going to do? Well, people are lazy. So, (laughs) the biggest downfall that we have is that we want things to be convenient, cheap, and easy. So, if we can make veganism convenient, cheap, and easy, guess what? More people are going to start choosing the vegan option. And the animals don't care if a non-vegan company is selling vegan products. All they care about is that you're not consuming them. And so, that's what's going to happen, guys. It's going to put these vegan products on a large scale, vegan is going to go more mainstream. People are going to see that, hey, this is an option that I can do that I don't have to feel like it's more expensive and I don't have to go out of my way to get, yeah, I can make this option. And then once people start eating the food, they'll be more open to the ethical side of things. So I think it is a huge win. Um, You know, obviously, in an ideal world, I would love to see vegan companies just scale up as large as they can and just like distribute all over the world, like Beyond Meat is doing. Um, But that's not going to happen for every company. And I think that it really says something when these big companies are starting to buy, uh, buy out other smaller vegan companies or make their own vegan products It's really showing the shift in the market and it's also catching the attention of other people um, who are saying, oh, wow, Tyson invested in this plant-based meat alternative company. There must be something to this, Um, you know, so at the end of the day, yes, they might be about just making a profit, but at this point, I'm okay with that because we're not at the point where we're able to. Focus on the ethics 100%. Let's get people eating plant-based foods. That is the first step to just ending factory farming and ending this just insurmountable oppression and exploitation of animals. Let's stop that first. Once we do that, the shift will have already happened to open people's minds to, oh, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill animals. But a lot of people are just weary of eating plant-based foods in general because they think they're having to give up their taste, their convenience, Uh, the price point, um, the easiness, um, the acceptance. So let's get it on a mainstream accepted level and then see how that is going to make an incredible shift in the movement. I am not here to make veganism a niche movement. I am not here to be part of a club or a group or you know, what some people would consider a cult. I love the vegan community, don't get me wrong, that is not what I'm saying. I am saying that at the end of the day, if it came down to me having to disassociate myself with the community to further the movement of vegan on a worldwide scale, I would do that. That's what I care about. I'm here to end factory farming, I'm here for the animals, I'm here for the, to reverse the destruction of the earth that animal agriculture causes, I'm here to help people live healthier lives that's really what it comes down to for me so however we can do that on the biggest scale possible and have worldwide veganism i am all for and these companies making these purchases will do that and you guys have to understand that and you guys should celebrate these things right we are the pioneers of this movement it is not going to go exactly the way that we want it to right now we are not at that point in time where we have 100 control but what we have is things that are shifting forward and we need to continue to have those wheels turning. So that is my thought on that. I think everybody should adopt that mindset because it will be hands down one of the biggest things for this movement. The people that are making the difference in plant-based products being so available are not vegans, are not vegetarians, but are people who are interested in reducing their meat consumption. So big companies offering these products is going to help with that. All right, guys, that is going to conclude our Q&A session. I want to thank everyone who wrote in and submitted a question or to anyone who is just listening to this show. It was a pleasure for me to be able to answer some questions about some personal things in my life as well as my insights and thoughts on the vegan lifestyle uh, and some issues surrounding that. And thank you guys for caring about what a random dude from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania has to say. (laughs) So we will definitely be doing another one of these in the future. Uh, But for now, that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed the content of this episode and found value in the message, please share with a family member, a friend, a loved one, anyone you think would also resonate with this message. If you guys like the show, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes and help spread the message as far as it possibly can go. If you guys want to stay updated with me, what I'm doing, and also have a chance to win some prizes, some giveaways, and hear about some exclusive offers, go to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com, and sign up for my newsletter. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.